politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to guard anew our life, our liberty, and our property. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here today, Thursday, October 6th, as always, fighting for your life and liberty. And folks, if you want to know what is the biggest threat to your life, liberty, and property, it's very simple. It's the science, TM, trademarked. The science. There is no greater battle in the information warfare than the fight over science. This is why recently, as many of you have probably seen, Melissa Fleming, the Undersecretary General of the UN for uh, the Department of Public Affairs, They said that they worked with Google to suppress any online views on climate change. We all saw that at its core, the science was used to create the greatest, most deleterious disruption of human life and human liberty and property in the history of the world with COVID. Well, now they're on part two, which is global warming, climate change. And I know it sounds funny because they've been doing that really for 30, 35 years in earnest but now is built off of COVID and the Great Reset that now they can go to a level that we thought they can never get away with. They've been doing a lot of destructive things, making crappy products, making things more expensive uh, under faulty science. But science is the most important issue because there's all legitimate science in our lives and everyone respects technology Everyone knows that, generally speaking, until recently, we've always gone forward, learned human experiences, has allowed the uh, cost of living to go down until recently. Um, When we started regressing, it has allowed human advancement, everything we enjoy. It's science, right? So what they are able to do is hitch a ride on the legitimate science, fake science, and in general, general, make a religion over science itself. See, most people aren't that religious nowadays, so they can't say, well, this is what God wants from you. So they create a new God of scientism. So today we're going to discuss with our guest coming up the second half of the Great Reset. The global warming agenda that they call climate change. What they're doing, what we could do about it, what are the greatest myths that we need to debunk right away. All coming up today. Um, first, our sponsor today. You know, when I took on BattleBox as a sponsor, I really didn't picture we would be living, staring down a nuclear winter. But BattleBox is basically your go-to monthly subscription for hand-picked outdoor survival and everyday carry gear. Um, you know, for people that are very sporty into camping like I am, But now, (laughs) they're ahead of their time. Uh, You need to get a lot of these products because when they shut off the power on you, you're going to need their amazing outdoor uh, stove, their uh, flashlight that my son keeps stealing from me. I can never find it when I need it. Um, It's literally like an adult toy store. I'm telling you, just pick the box that works for you um, and you will get tested, vetted products that you can trust like their Aqua... Pod emergency water kit, 
their atomic bear survival bivy. This is stuff that is really vital now more than ever. Um, you could also get a free mystery box worth $115 plus with any subscription. So follow me to trybattlebox.com slash conservative, and you will get a free mystery box worth over $115 right now by signing up for the monthly boxes of adult toys, okay? Find out why outdoor enthusiasts call Battlebox the best gear I never knew I wanted. And now... With the great reset, you never knew you needed. Again, try, try battlebox.com slash conservative. So we all know that in his farewell address, President Eisenhower warned us, akin to and largely responsible for the sweeping changes in our industrial military posture has been the technological revolution during recent decades. And this revolution research has become central. It also, it also becomes more formalized, complex, and costly. A steadily increasing share is conducted for, by, or at the direction of the federal government. I mean, th th this is Eisenhower talking 60 years ago. And he's like, whoa, 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 this is a very powerful tool. He knew it was a powerful tool because the reality is most people in their mind associate science with the way the world works. It's almost like God. God created the world. But unfortunately, people don't see that directly. We have to use our free will to come to God. But this we see directly. Wow, look at all these great advances. So all they had to do is have the government monopolize the research on it and say, look, we, we, we researched it. This is where the science is. And he warned famously, in holding scientific discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific technological elite. And that's what we literally have today, and particularly, as we've noted, with the industrial military uh, posture, uh, as well as the national security state, that's really the lead ship in this armada. And that's why it is so important that we deracinate every false premise fully. And you notice with COVID... The Republican Party, they took on 90% of the premise and then just argued on a little bit of it. Well, what happens then? You lose. To this day, they won't even fight the vaccines. I'm sure a lot of you saw the, the V-safe data that came out thanks to attorney Aaron Siri court data. Uh, they were sitting on another surveillance system, V-safe, where 10 million people voluntarily reported um, uh, vaccine injury. And it didn't cover death. It didn't cover the heart attacks and things like that. It was more just kind of the low to mid-level stuff. But even that was devastating. 13%, remember we have a denominator here. 13% reported that they missed work or school. 12% were unable to perform normal function. And 7.7% required medical care. On average, 2.7 times. There were a total of 71 million symptoms reported by these 10 million people. They knew this the entire time and sat on it. 7.7% got sick enough that they needed a doctor. Now, we don't know beyond that. They don't really track how many need to go to the hospital, how many are permanently debilitated, how many died. That's not in V-safe. But what we do know, 
7.7%. Think of 230 million people just in the U.S. alone that got the shot. Okay, you're talking about 17, 18 million people. If you extrapolate the denominator for the entire population, needed to see a doctor, they were seeing this denominator, because they had a denominator and a numerator the entire time. They saw this from day one. Then again, they saw it in the clinical trials. And Republicans still won't fight it. So today I want to discuss the second half of this, which is global warming. Doing on energy and food what they did on healthcare. But the thing is, you might think, oh, Republicans, you know, they're, they're in the pocket of oil and gas, so yeah, they're, they're fighting this. I guess on some level, they're fighting it more than they did COVID. I mean, there's a little bit more of a contrast, but not much. Not much. I want to read to you an op-ed put out by Barrasso. Senator Barrasso from uh, Wyoming. He's basically the chief energy guru of the Republican Senate. He's their energy guy. And he wrote an op-ed in the Washington Times, President Biden's misguided energy transition. Well, that's an understatement. And then right away he says, America and the world can't allow an energy transition that chokes off U.S. energy production. Okay, that's fine. That's, that's totally fine. But then he says, instead of debating which energy sources to phase out, Washington should be focused on how to meet the growing demand with reliable, affordable, and clean American energy. That's kind of a you know fake modicum there, but, but whatever. And he talks about natural gas. And then he says natural gas is important because it, it's, it's used as a baseload power source makes wind and solar possible. Why are we promoting wind and solar? Talks about American oil production is cleaner than other countries. Again, basically taking on the premise that, that so-called fossil fuels are inherently a problem, but we do it cleaner. Um, we need to make sure America is the leader on carbon capture and storage technologies to make this vital resource as clean as we can. Carbon capture... See, they're agreeing to the premise of the left on every one of these issues. Who's to say scientifically that's a legitimate point? Brags about clean coal, carbon capture, and then he goes on to brag about the minerals that Wyoming produces for electric cars. Man, we really need to utilize our minerals here. That's how we can get electric cars. Why are we promoting electric cars? It's like promoting the vaccines after we knew they were bioweapons. I mean, again, in a perfect world, I'd have nothing against uh, an electric car, but not in the world we live in. You're, you're going to wind up helping their agenda. So, in other words, even as it relates to this issue that Republicans largely are against Biden's agenda going after coal and gas, but they still take on the premise of wind and solar and electric cars and the premise of global, global warming. I mean, most Republicans will agree that uh, carbon dioxide is a problem and it causes so-called climate change, which is undefinable, and Republicans have moved over and allowed the left to manipulate the term from global warming, which in itself was a lie, to climate change like a bunch of idiots. 
So I want to get to that with our guest coming up here. Um, first, uh, before the interview, our interview segment today is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Does it make sense that the same company that controls half of online retail also passively eavesdrops on your private conversations at homes? Well, folks, big tech is using spying, tracking, selling to earn money off of tyranny, basically making you pay for the rope to hang yourselves. That's why I use ExpressVPN. It's basically a mask on my computer and phone, by the way, all of your devices. When you run ExpressVPN on your device, the software hides your IP address. So it's a mask that actually works. Also, ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and eavesdroppers in the government. Uh, what I like most about ExpressVPN is just it's so easy to use. I'm always scared to install new things. This just went so so quickly. I didn't even need to call my 12-year-old to do it for me. So stop handing over your personal data to big tech. Do what I did and sign up for the VPN I trust. Go to expressvpn.com slash conservative. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash conservative. Stop allowing government and tech to spy on you and earn money off of you. Get an extra three months free by going to expressvpn.com slash conservative. So folks, these guys mean business. They mean business. I don't know if you saw the other day Tony Blinken, the Secretary of State, he was uh, meeting with his Canadian counterpart, and he was bragging about blowing up the Nord Stream pipe. He didn't say they did it, but it's clear that he was happy about it. He was like, yeah, the strategic petroleum reserves are depleted. It speeds up renewables, even during this challenging time. He called it a tremendous opportunity to move away from uh, fossil fuels. And uh, he literally was celebrating it. Very called it very significant, offers tremendous strategic opportunity for the years to come. So, folks, they mean business. And are you confident that we have a movement in place to fight this? Um, The UK Prime Minister, Liz Truss, oh, this is finally after 12 years of the Conservative Party there, and really they turned out to be a bunch of leftists. Oh, now we have a Conservative. Here's what she said the other day. We are opening more gas fields in the North Sea and delivering more renewables and nuclear energy. Okay, that is how we will deliver on our commitment to net zero and tackle climate change. So even the most conservative leader now in Western Europe is using the term climate change and net zero, and acquiescing to the goals. This is crazy. And again, remember, the WEF just put out a statement recently on their website, basically noting that those who submitted to COVID lockdowns will also accept smart cities and social credit scores. And and this is what they're going to use. The climate hoax is what they're going to use to gin it up. And Republicans just fall right into it. They fall right into it. And broadly speaking, the reason why this scientism is so scary is because we have a generation of people that can't think for themselves and just look at what Apple and Google News put on their screen. And COVID accelerated that, that they made people eat out of their hands for two and a half years. There's a, a study out now This is from the UK Guardian that almost 60% of young people who lived alone during the pandemic 
told researchers they now lacked the confidence to make up their own minds, compared with 40% before the pandemic. COVID has left a third of young people feeling life is out of control. You have so many young people now. They'll believe anything. You tell them it's the science. And, and they're not stupid. They studied this. How do, how do you convince people to commit suicide? Figuratively, literally, nationally. And the answer is with science. That, that's how you could have one devastating hurricane. And they'll cover it wall to wall, show the devastation. And they'll say, we're in a new era of just stronger, more frequent hurricanes. And it's all because of global warming. Oh, I mean climate change. Oh, I mean whatever. And it's your fault. And you need to join our agenda if you don't want a hurricane hitting you every second. Even though it's the most verifiable data point. There's a quantifiable number of hurricanes. Quantifiable number of hurricanes that made landfall. And you could measure their intensity and their, and their um, rapid intensification. And we have all that data. Even NOAA from the government admits that none of that is true. If anything, there's a slight negative trend last couple of decades. We've been pretty lucky. The reason why you have more devastation, obviously, is over the last number of decades, we've built up our coastlines like, like anything. And, you know, it's we, we, we pay the piper for it. But... In terms of frequency and intensity, if anything, it's slightly down. Which, by the way, over the years, when we've had a bunch of years without hurricanes, which we've had many, we've had a number of years without hurricanes making landfall, much less big ones. They actually blame that on global warming, which is why, see, that's, that's why it's so stupid to allow them to get away with this name climate change. Because the Washington Post is out with an article, it's unbelievable, just today... So where I live, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, the mid-Atlantic area has been extremely rainy and cold. Typically, we've actually been in a trend of being very hot late September, early October. The summer, the summer has been lingering. And that's the thing. It goes, goes in trends. The, fall, the springs have been colder. It's like a 10-year trend. And then it goes back the other way. It goes back the other way. And this year, it's been, been very cold. It's almost been like six weeks ahead of schedule. So, the Washington Post has a whole article on that. Oh, here, here's why it's very cold. It's because of this. And you all know that if it would have been a week of like 90 degree temperatures in early October, they would have said, aha, that's, that's anthropogenic global warming. That's human, human uh, um, input. So, this way they have their bases covered. But I want to get to our next guest to go deeper into this discussion. Now, one of the things we did effectively with COVID was to bring on real experts to combat the fake ones. And I think we could safely say we've saved a lot of lives talking about proper treatment, talking about what is COVID, where did it come from, how we should deal with it, how we shouldn't deal with it. And we need the same thing with energy, climate, all this stuff. Too many people throw up their hands and they're like, well, I don't know physics. I don't know geology. I don't know this. I don't know atmospheric science. So I'm just going to trust the experts. And what happens is people just perpetuate 
lies that are, are insane. I mean, we see this with COVID. Literally, as the more you inject, the more you infect, they'll look you in the eye and say, oh, we need to do this so that we staunch the spread of the virus. And we're like, what, what, what are you saying? And they're doing it the same thing here. Oh, my gosh. We, we, we have more hurricanes than ever because there's, there's global warming or, no, I mean climate change. But, well, did you count up the number of hurricanes? I mean, this is verifiably false. So I want to start off with what I think is the best, the best in the industry. Steve Malloy, I've uh, really admired his work for so long. Uh, the left views him as pretty much the most influential uh, climate science contrarian. He is on the board of directors of the Heartland Institute, most famously known for a website I'm sure many of you have followed for many years, junkscience.com. Uh, you could follow him still on Twitter, at Junk Science. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter before he is kicked off. He's he's really runs the gambit. He's been an attorney for the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, which is very important because uh, the SEC is really one of the lead agencies that, that sits at the nexus of this great reset, uh, forcing corporations to now adopt the climate policies, and this is going to lead to the SG scores. Very... Uh, deep knowledge there. He also served on the EPA transition team for Trump. He was an executive of a coal company. So really runs the gambit of energy, law, uh, public health, and environment. All of the things that are being used to screw us over. Steve, I can't believe it's taken this long to get you here, but better late than ever. Welcome to Blaze Media. Well, Daniel, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I look forward to our talk. Yeah, I don't even know where to begin, but I'm just going to pick up the discussion <laughs> from the... I mean, because this is everything. This is the new Great Reset. And even though it's not new, obviously, it's, it's three, four decades worth. But my fear is that COVID and the Great Reset turbocharged what they are willing to do based on what they perceive people are willing to accept. Is that, is that yeah. a correct fear at this point? I, I think it's, it's mostly correct. I, I look at it as what really turbocharged them was the advent of Trump. Uh, you know, we were on this slide to this great reset for a long time, as you mentioned, and, and Trump uh, really upset their plans and, and accelerated it. Um, but, you know, uh, that said, uh, that, you know, what COVID showed was that, in fact, they could use junk science, public health, uh, you know, as they view it, as a means of controlling us. So uh, I think that, that was the real value of COVID. They showed that, you know, people who are largely ignorant of science and public health can be cowed into submission. And we saw that, you know, all our politicians, even Republicans, you know, bought into uh, the COVID con they, as they bought into the climate con and many others uh, because they've never really understood or cared about science. They really don't understand how the bureaucracy works, how scientism or junk science works. Um, and, and it's really costing us. It, it certainly is costing us. And I want to I want to start with that with Republicans. What are the most dangerous scientific myths scientific parlance, terminology that we need to debunk, avoid, stay away from, because my concern is I'm watching Republicans, and on the surface, they appear to be very different than Democrats on this issue. They, they all seem to be for drilling and maybe even coal, uh, but they, they, they then they start with this all-of-the-above approach, which, I yeah. mean, in a perfect world, we're all for that, but in the world we live in, we're wind, solar, and electric vehicles are being juiced up 
unnaturally with tendentious treatment from the government. When you start supporting that, as Governor Kevin Stitt in Oklahoma bragged about, he said that's where the business is. That's where the money is. My concern is that they're agreeing to the premise like, hey, we have a cleaner way of doing fossil fuels. Hey, we'll do it better than China did. Uh, we'll do carbon capture. So let's start from the beginning with the science. Because <laughs> I really want to get this straight. What well, are we agreeing to that we shouldn't be? Well, uh, you know, the premise is that um, you know, virtually all Republicans have bought into the premise that uh, humans are destroying the climate, right? I mean, you know, they, they, they bought into the premise that greenhouse gases are going to cause uncontrollable warming, and uh, destroy the planet, destroy the planet, and you know they're they're in they're in the process of negotiating. Maybe we can delay the solutions, and of course that's completely wrong. Um, you know we we don't really know. You know in, in a laboratory, greenhouse gases, yes, they they cause warming. I mean they definitely have a a, a warming effect. But in the atmosphere, which is a lot more complicated, <laughs> and is affected by things outside our atmosphere, and and affected by things below the Earth's surface that we really don't understand. Uh, we, we really don't understand the, the global climate. You know, the alarmism is about 35 years old. Uh, environmental alarmism goes back further than that. Uh, no prediction uh, made by any environmental alarmist or any climate alarmist has ever come true. You know, for example, James Hansen, who is the godfather of global warming, started it in the summer of 1988 with his, testimony, his famous testimony or infamous testimony in Congress. Uh, he said that by 2020, um, we would be looking at global warming of three to four degrees Celsius. We're, we're not even close to that. We're about 10% of that. Okay, and uh, whatever warming, we don't really know why. Why you know the world has warmed. Uh, what the cause is, you know, there, is, there are many factors. Uh, you know, recent, in recent history, going back several centuries, uh, the world started warming in 1650 after a period called the Little Ice Age. Um, you know, since industrialization, we have increased global population from about 1 billion to 8 billion. So that means bigger cities, a lot more concrete. We call this the you know urban heat island effect. And sure. you know there there's research out there showing that if you adjust for population growth, greenhouse gases really haven't added very much warmth, um, you know, to the climate. And in fact, they you know any way you slice it, even if you take the worst case scenario presented by the alarmists, you know this they say one degree we've had one degree Celsius of warming since uh, industrialization. So what? That's that's hardly anything. And you know. Moreover, we know that you know this slight warming and more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere uh, has been good for the planet. The planet right now is carrying more life than ever, thanks to the, you know the elevated levels of carbon dioxide and the warmth we have. So, uh, but you know that all aside, Republicans uh, don't want to push back on any of the alarm. They're, they're happy to accept the premise that you know climate change is happening. It's bad. Uh, they just want to slow down, you know, a response. And, um, you know, it's really unfortunate. And, and it's kind of how we got into COVID. I mean, COVID was much the same. You know, they just, they, they, they buy into the alarm. Um, they don't really question it. And you wind up with really bad policy. It's kind of interesting because with COVID, they did the same thing. They blew particles in a lab with masks, and they're like, oh, you see, it blocks a certain amount. And in the real world, it didn't work. It, it, it just didn't work. Yeah. And it's the same thing. God created this big uh, big earth, 
and universe, and uh, there's a lot of complicated factors well, in there, and the yeah, notion no, that you so, could I mean, just, yeah. That, I mean, that's a great example, because, I mean, that is classic government science, you know, something in a laboratory that has no application to the real world. So that's a great COVID example. You know, when you get to the environment, uh, there was the ozone hole, ozone hole depletion, uh, acid rain, climate change. All these, you know, all these things are, um, you know, they, they, they make sense in, in, a, in a closed laboratory setting. Uh, but, but once you get out into the real world, it's a lot different than a laboratory, and, and it doesn't work the same. Um, and, but, you know, because Republicans, unfortunately, are so ignorant uh, about science. I mean, you know, the left has captured every institution there is. There, you know, if you're a conservative, you are not um, in, in, an, in an institution doing scientific research. Or at least you're not telling anybody you're a conservative. And, and because of that, you know, we have nobody. I don't, you know, there aren't very many conservatives that I'm aware of that are actual scientists or really even doctors. I mean, we saw, you know, during COVID, but there was Scott Atlas, you know, a couple other, Marty McCary, a couple others who were willing to buck the trend. But, I mean, they are few and far between. And then when you get into an area like I work in climate, well, uh, you know, er, the, the, all climate science, physics, atmospheric science, you know, anyone who thinks differently has been purged from the university system. Yes, yeah, and, and, and it seemed very daunting. Oh my gosh, how could every climatologist say this? It must be true. And after going through COVID, I think people should realize, well, almost every single doctor and medical dude uh, said certain things, and they all turned out to be not true. To this day, all of them say the vaccine is safe and effective when it's extremely unsafe and and more likely negative effective at this yeah. point, and they're still pushing it with a straight face. So it's the same thing. They all drink out of the same trough, so it's not like, oh, I have 100,000 people independently thinking the same way. No, it's the censorship, like you said, the purging, and then they drink out of the same trough. So, you know, you you put the different slop in the trough that day uh, that's more in tune with what we're saying. They'll say that as well. Um, my So my concern is, again, the premise that CO2 is even a pollutant right most republicans yeah. buy well, into that certainly their european yeah. counterparts buy into that so you're saying co2 just the notion that co2 is a bad thing is a myth yeah of course i mean co2 is plant food without <laughs> co2 we'd all be dead and i mean there have been i've seen climate alarmists and climate alarmists famous ones from universities who said that we should we need to get rid of co2 eliminate co2 get rid of it out of the atmosphere i mean we would all be dead or saying that CO2 is somehow toxic. I mean, we exhale incredible amounts of CO2. I mean, without CO2, there is no plant life, and then there are no humans. Uh, CO, the, the higher CO2 levels are, have, are what have made you know, Earth the greenest place it's ever been. Uh, and, and the notion that it's, it's unfortunate Republicans have bought into all this. And, of course, um, you know, you know, Greens have kind of uh, forced them into that corner, um, you know, it's when 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 the alarmism was growing. You know, 20 years ago, they would start beating on Republican politicians, and and the famous Republican response would be, "Well, I'm not a I'm not a scientist. I don't really understand that." And of course, you don't really need to be a scientist <laughs> to understand how important CO2 is. I mean, they teach it in high school uh, yeah. biology, right? Uh, CO2 is vital, and uh, I don't you know I don't really think it takes that much work uh, to figure out that uh, we're not really sure what's going on, if anything, with climate. I mean, <laughs> you know, bad weather has always happened. Bad weather will always happen. 
Um, you know, what's the climate? No, Steve, you know, I mean, Biden, but, yes. but I, I turn on the news every day. There's tornadoes, floods, droughts. I yeah. mean, there's got to be something going on, right? I mean, we've never had that no, stuff before. Well, <laughs> so Joe Biden is in Florida yesterday talking about how, you know, the hurricane is climate change. What are you talking about? I mean, it's hurricane season. <laughs> you have hurricanes that hit Florida. Uh, and, uh, you know, ironically, we've had more hurricanes hit Florida you know, uh, before 1950 than since 1950, uh, when all the emissions have taken place. So there's obviously no association, but, you know, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Right? It's I mean, so verifiable. No. I mean, it's, you could literally quantify it. Yeah. Uh, six uh, major hurricanes have hit Florida since 1965. Yeah. I believe 16 in the preceding 50 years. Um, Florida has actually been, you know, largely spared since Andrew. So it's really been more of a drought for them in terms of that. Right. Um, but then, you know, they, they point to the droughts and this and that. Is that why they went from global warming to climate change and why it's so important not to use the term climate change? Well, of course, Daniel, you have to go back to the 1970s when it started out as global cooling, you know, the impending <laughs> ice age. And when that didn't work out, then it became global warming. And when global warming didn't work out, because remember I told you, James Hansen said it was going to be four degrees Celsius warmer yeah. by 2020. And of course, that was obviously not going to happen. Then it became climate change. And then, you know, climate change rapidly just became bad weather. And so that's where we are now. So Anytime you can never disprove it. You know, you can never disprove it. Uh, well, yeah, you can never prove it or disprove it. Um, well, actually, I think you can't disprove it. But, um, it, but so anytime something bad happens, whatever it is, it's global warming. Uh, and they'll find a way back to get to, you know, to global warming. Yeah, I, I was uh, fascinated course, by that Washington Post article today. Um, I, I live here in Maryland. And, you know, it's been really cold the, the, the past week. And, and it's just fascinating because growing up, so there was this trend that it would often be very hot at the beginning of spring, and then I remember very cold falls. And then the last 15 years, we've and this is just one area, the mid-Atlantic, you know, it's not the whole globe, but you have the jet stream when it's hot here, it's cold there. But anyway, it flipped, and then the springs were really cool, and then the summer just lasted well into the fall. And then this year, it's like, no, I mean, the fall just started out very cold. I mean, that's what it does. <laughs> No, and, and of course, the Washington Post article you're referring to uh, wrote off the, you know, this very cool week we've had in the D.C. area as just weather. Now, if it had been a very hot week, of course, that would be climate change. That would be climate change. So I, I want to go to the premise of this. Obviously, there's the notion that there's changes in both directions and that humans are causing them. But let, let's just go with the, the premise itself that for whatever reason, that there is warming on the Earth that they don't even call that anymore. They don't even like using the word global warming, except for Joe Biden when he forgets, you know, because he's more, he was lucid, I guess, back in the 80s and 90s. Um, so he remembers that term. He's the only one who'll still use it. What is and isn't true about that? So I'm not bothered. Well, it's really if, simple. Yeah. It's, it's, really, it's really simple, okay? What's true about the global warming hypothesis is that carbon dioxide, methane, um, and, and, and some other gases are greenhouse gases that, um, you know, in a laboratory, uh, they will trap infrared heat and warm up, you know, the atmosphere. And so they, you know, that, that is true. Everybody agrees with that. But after that, uh, all bets are off. That's where the debate is. 
you know, how much warming is there going to be for, uh, you know, a given amount of emissions? And no one really knows. And, of course, alarmists have gone off the deep end with that. I mean, they have all sorts of crazy predictions which have never come true. So we can all agree that, you know, carbon dioxide uh, is a greenhouse gas. What its effect is, you know, who knows? So, so obviously, yeah, I mean, the effect is, is made up, but I'm saying j- just the fact that over a hundred years, the temperatures have warmed, uh, you know, to, to a, a slight yeah. degree. I mean, it has always bothered me the notion that we have thermometers and a way to measure the entire globe uniformly over a period of a hundred years. And you could pick up without, you know, beyond the uh, margin of error, some sort of yeah. deviation well, there. Of course. I mean, that premise yeah, I mean, bothers me. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can take, really take this apart quite easily. I mean, obviously, we do not have global thermometers everywhere. We don't really know what the global temperature is. I don't think even we can really dis- – I mean, global temperature is a made-up concept to start with, right, because it's not the global temperature anywhere, right? It's just yep. sort of the, an average of surface temperatures. And hasn't the uh, warming supposedly mainly been in the northern hemisphere – well, I mean, look, we, we, you know, that's where most of the thermometers are. And, <laughs> of course, there are, you know, 75% of the land mass is in the, is in the northern hemisphere. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, hypothetically, that's where it's going to be. Um, but, you know, it, it, the, the original con is called global warming. And we really, you know, it, it, global temperature is made up. We really don't have the temperature data. You know, for example, we didn't get to the North Pole until 1909. And I still don't think we have a uh, thermometer there. I think the closest one is 40 miles away. And, you know, if you look at your evening weather map, uh, you know, look at the temperatures between two, area, two, two locations 40 miles apart, they can be quite different. So, you know, there's... The Heartland Institute recently put out a report about how inaccurate the U.S. Uh, historical uh, climate network, the temperature measurements yeah. are historically. Ninety percent of the thermometers, okay, ninety percent of the temperature readings are not accurate to within one degree Celsius. Well, we think there's been about one degree Celsius of warming since industrialization, but so most of the temperature measurements are really inaccurate. So what does that mean? We really don't know what's going on. I think most, you know. Most of us, except there's been some warming, because it just sort of makes sense. You know, we've we've built up these urban areas. They, sure. they do trap heat. They do so. You know, there's, so there's been some warming. There's more CO2 in the atmosphere. There's been some warming, but no one can really attribute or allocate the warming to anything. Uh, it you know it we whatever has happened has been a tremendous boon for humanity. We yep. went from one billion people to eight billion living. Um, you know, the highest standard of living, the longest lifespans ever. What, you know, what, wh- until recently, obviously, when they started with the climate well, agenda well, and other things. But, um, well, yeah, no, I mean, these, you know, from, <clears throat> between COVID and climate, I mean, uh, you know, these policies are, are wrecking the world that techno- that, you know, fossil fuels have built for us. Yeah, because I'm, I'm not bothered by, you know, if there's a natural warming trend, but A, we don't know if it's irrevocably so, um, that we don't know. And, and, and again, I mean, it depends where you are. Like, I always felt that the reason why they changed it was because a lot of the elites live in the northeast of the United States. And I think, you know, growing up here, the 90s were kind of hot. The summers were brutal. Uh, you know, winters are more mild. 
but it almost appears like then the trend kind of reversed. You know, it goes back and yeah, well, forth. No, because the yeah, look, we don't really understand. We we don't understand weather. Okay, I mean, we can make weather forecasts going out a week, or maybe two. Uh, most of the time, they're going to be inaccurate. Um, we we don't we don't understand where the weather comes from. We really don't understand these things. Uh, we pay attention to everything a lot more. And, um, you, you know, and the alarmist community will take whatever sort of event or correlation they can come up with based on recent, uh, you know, data and try to make the most of it they can. But they're just making things up because, you know, these, you know na- nature uh, has, has cycles, um, number one. Number two, you know, we're moving forward in time. Things are always going to be changing. And, uh, you know, People talk about stopping climate change. You can't stop climate change. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. That's just ignorance. Uh, climate, ch- you know, the, the earth is, there, if there is climate change, uh, it's not really discernible to, to, the, yeah. um, to, to people. You can't really measure it. I mean, we, you know, uh, despite, you know, June was June, July, August was summer before industrialization. It's summer after industrialization. <laughs> okay, that has not yeah. changed. Uh, it was warm back then. It's warm now. W- you know, where's the climate? There's no climate change and, going on. I mean, that, you know, that's another con, climate change. What's the climate change? What's the, what's climate, the climate change? Crisis? And, and, and that's the thing. I just want to make sure we, we peel this back to its bare basics because, um, it, again, it doesn't bother me if we're in a warming trend, <clears throat> natural warming trend, but it's not even so certain that we are. You You have to have the uniformity of measure. Um, and it kind of goes back and forth. Like I see every day where I live, you have record high, record lows historically for that date. And every once in a while, we set a record high. Every once in a while, we set a record low. And you'll often look back and man, like, darn, I because I hate hot weather actually. And I'm like, man, it's really hot. I, I, I wish it weren't this hot. And you look back and you'll find, I mean, obviously the 1930s seemed to have a lot of years in the United States, a good chunk of the country, where we set a bunch of record highs. You'll, you'll often find them even in the 1890s or, you know, or, you know, sometime in between them over 100 years ago where we did reach record temperatures that still haven't been broken yet. Um, so, you know, and, and again, that was before the level of industrialization that, that these guys don't like. I, I just don't like the fact that we're even acceding to that premise at this point. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I try to push back on that every day, question everybody, you know, question <clears throat> what people think they know. They really don't know much. We, we haven't you know, been systematically uh, <clears throat> observing the climate for long enough to really draw any scientific conclusions. And people, uh, they, they throw the word science around very loosely. They don't really understand what it means. You know, they often apply it to technology, which is different than science. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff being... Let's take the, the climate models, for example. You know, people always you know, will call these modelers scientists and, and the model science. Of course, they're not. Okay, a model is, is basically just sort of a predict, you know, a prediction of the future, and you have to wait till you get to that future to see if the model was correct. And if the model oh, you mean like a hurricane correct, twelve hours out <laughs> that it can't even well, predict? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean we have temperatures going, you know, temperature claims going out a hundred years. Well, 
these are just predictions. They're not science. I mean, science is making a prediction, verifying the prediction, and, and then going back to the drawing board if you need to. I mean, it's, science means you can consistently predict something. Okay, like we can consistently predict forces thanks to, you know, Newton and Einstein and, and, and uh, you know, their laws and their work. Uh, we cannot predict climate. We can't even really predict the weather. And, you know, weather is obviously long-term climate. Uh, we can't do any of these things. It's not science, uh, but it is painted as science. And, um, you know, I mean, that, that, that is wrong. And with, with COVID, uh, you know, people, you know, Fauci said, I am the science and listen to the science. That was all nonsense. Okay, there was no science. There was hardly any data. The data wasn't very good. The data was corrupt. Uh, there was no science going on. You know, the vaccines, um, you know, not really science, just sort of, you know, technology. It, 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 the whole discussion drove me crazy. And, and I find it fascinating. A lot of um, Florida media officials are trying to blame uh, the governor for uh, not evacuating Fort Myers early enough because they predicted it would go to Tampa. And to me, the irony is so rich. Yeah, I mean, that thing changes within 12 hours of commu- uh, computer modeling, yet somehow you could go for, for the last 100 years and somehow get a model based on that and predict the, the next 100 years. It's just, it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the, the modeling doesn't work. You know, now we hear modeling about, oh, well, you know, uh, ten, Ian was made 10 percent worse by climate change. <clears throat> and of course, that is just making it up. There's no science behind any of that. Um, and, the, you know, the, the, the flaws of the modeling are laid bare by, you know, just just hurricane tracking, as you mentioned. We, you know, you can't even really track these things in a way to make a reliable prediction, even several hours out. Uh, this notion that you can, you know, go back in time and somehow figure out how, you know, global warming may, may have impacted, it's just, it's, the hurricane is just nuts. No, it really is. Uh, if, if, if you think about it, it's, it's, it's starting to look a lot like COVID. But here's the problem. I remember sitting with COVID and thinking, there's no way they can get away with this. This much devastation based on a lie. And they did. So my question is, headed forward, what do we do? We could laugh at this, and we know why they're doing it. We know where they're coming from. We know the lies. But what concerns me even more than COVID is this. At the end of the day, with the virus, they had to rely on the people. The people had to accept to wear the mask, to get the shots, to do their stuff. The problem with the climate hoax is that it affects the energy industry. And so it's not like the average person is making decisions. I mean, on on a very small level, maybe, but in a major level, the corporations have all adopted it. So we could yell at this is all built on a lie, but the products being made are garbage, are cheap, don't work. Um, And if if you could discuss a little bit this as an example, this Kigali amendment that Mitch McConnell and half the Republicans voted to adopt this um, this treaty that's going to eventually make. Uh, air conditioning, coolants, much more expensive. Isn't this embedded throughout all the industries already? I'm saying, how could, as individuals, how could we even rebel against this? <laughs> well, that's, you know, this is where Republicans have failed us. So the Kigali Amendment is an amendment to the Montreal Protocol. The Montreal Protocol uh, was what banned uh, the CFC type of refrigerants. Uh, in the 1980s, and it was all, you know, that came out of the alleged ozone hole. <laughs> well, of course, the ozone hole was always a hoax. 
but because the refrigerant industry, uh, their patents were running out on their refrigerants, um, you know, they wanted to get new patents, so they helped. They teamed up with environmentalists to create the ozone hole hoax, which led to the Montreal Protocol. And so we got rid of CFCs, and we got into uh, HCFCs. Well, now that once again the patents are running out, so we must <laughs> must get out of <laughs> HCFCs and get into something else. So once again, the refrigerant industry has teamed up with environmentalists, and now even got Republicans just recently to ratify this. Kigali Amendment, which will ban HFCs, not because of the ozone hole, but because of climate, uh, supposedly. And, um, you know, this is, uh, this is really a, a travesty because, you know, there's no technology uh, beyond HFCs yet. There's no agreed-upon technology that makes sense. So we've banned these refrigerants without even really having a replacement. Uh, Republicans, of course, have been purchased by industry, led you know by John Kennedy. Everybody likes John Kennedy; seems very folksy, but you know, <laughs> in fact, he is the senator from Honeywell, and um, he got a piece of legislation through at the end of the Trump administration to get EPA to ban these HFCs, and now he he got uh, Mitch McConnell and a bunch of other Republicans to sign on and give Joe Biden a climate win, if you will, to ban HFCs globally. Uh, it's just a nightmare. Um, you know that there's there it, it just it's just utter corruption uh you know that's being camouflaged by science and republicans i guess feel that this gives them some cover on the climate issue well i voted for the kigali amendment like anybody cares about what it is but we're going to pay the price for it you know it used to be <clears throat> very cheap to you know charge your refrigerator or your air conditioning with new refrigerant or your car uh, and, and it's going to be a lot more expensive now. All the air conditioning equipment is going to be more expensive. We don't really know what the substitutes are going to be. They could be – who knows how expensive they're going to be and what they're going to do to your current air conditioning equipment. The whole thing is just – it's a ridiculous exercise in too much government. Yeah, but it's a devastating one, just like with COVID. Yep. I mean, look at that, how you could devastate so many lives. How many things have been made – you know, attenuated quality, more expensive in our lives, more yep. scarcity based on a lie. And and that's what bothers me. Republicans, this kind of all of the above, they'll support yep. so-called fossil fuels. But then at the same time, they'll support these regulations that work against them. Maybe not a ban on drilling, but all these like, you know, these product regulations predicated on global warming – they, they agreed to it. And even under Trump, who, you know, I'm not a big fan of a lot of other policies, especially COVID. I think, you know, he, he didn't fulfill a lot of his promises. But on energy, in. he, he was good. In, yeah. But even on energy, right, you had his EPA still promulgate a lot of these, yeah. you know, these so smaller the, regulations. Yeah. So, you know, we, t we started talking about premises. So these, here's some premises that drive me crazy that, that Republicans buy into. The words clean and green, <laughs> clean energy and green energy or green anything. Okay, this is all nonsense. There's no such thing. Okay, fossil fuels are very clean. People don't realize it because they've been, you know, they, people have been convinced that carbon dioxide, which is colorless, odorless, and plant food, they've been convinced that that's pollution. So therefore, fossil fuels are not clean. That's crazy. Um, and they, but they think that wind and solar. Uh, are clean. Have you ever seen where you know wind and solar uh, comes from in China? The strip mining that goes on, the birds that they kill. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing clean or green about uh, wind or solar. Uh, they're not. It, it, 
they use a lot more land than um, fossil fuels. They destroy yeah. more land. Um, you know, fossil fuels are incredibly clean and, and, and green. I even hate using those words because they're, they're stupid. They're they worse no than meaning. green. I, I, I like drive the in the rural America now where you try to get away from the urban sprawl, and, and, and these landscapes, they look horrible now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I live in Potomac, Maryland. We have a... Uh, we, we we have a neighbor who is a billionaire who has this art museum in our in our neighborhood, and he has this his wife is very green, so they have allowed their perfectly manicured lawn to just become overgrown wildflower pastures, and I mean just weeds, and you know that they they think they think of that as green. I mean it's 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 an eyesore. Yeah, we always call, <laughs> called it a religious exemption, you know, in those homeowners yeah. associations where you can't do anything except if you say it's for green, then that's a religious yeah. exemption. No, and but, that, that's what bothers me, that really, that, that the scientism is a new religion, and it's a religion to supplant God, that at the end of the day, that they want to believe that the world as it was created um, is a problem, that, that God has, cannot control his own climate, um, that the resources on the earth are, are inherently a problem or that they're inherently uh, finite. That's a whole nother thing. I mean, the whole fossil fuel name is kind of funny, right? You know, like as if right. it's finite when who's to say it's not like water, that it's re- it right. is renewable. Who's to say it isn't well, renewable? Isn't that another lie? Fossil, fossil fuels don't come from fossils. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who's to say right. that what they call fossil fuels themselves aren't renewable? Yeah. The, the Earth is constantly making new fossil fuels. There's this notion that, the, that you know, there's only a certain amount of fossil fuels. This used to be called peak oil. Uh, it was ridiculous and debunked. There's plenty of fossil fuels. There's plenty of water. There's plenty of energy on the planet. If you can't get it, it's because some environmentalist or some government <laughs> is getting in your way, right? Um, well, but what about all know, the droughts? Just, there's no water. Well, there could be water, okay? I mean, just, look, drought is a natural condition. You know, I, I, I love reading about how, you know, the drought in the West is caused by global warming. Look at the West. It's mostly desert. <laughs> how, did people, how did it get that way? Because there's mostly drought. Um, California has an extensive history of drought. There, in the last 1,200 years, California has had numerous mega droughts, some lasting 200 years. Um, you know, the last few hundred years have been uh, relatively wet, but you know, who's to say that we're not now starting uh, a new, a new, uh, you know, series of mega droughts in the West? And to blame this on fossil fuels, the only thing that can prevent, can help you survive a drought, right, um, <laughs> is crazy. I know. I loved it how in California in the heat wave, I mean, you had a blazing sun, and those solar panels were worthless. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, solar panels cannot survive or cannot produce enough <clears throat> electricity on demand for air conditioning, okay? And air conditioning is the way to survive a heat wave. Well, they don't like air conditioning. I guess that's why they yeah. want to make it more expensive, and, <clears throat> and that's what we've learned from COVID. I mean, COVID, it was yeah. so blatant. The most telling thing about COVID was when they, they, they played up COVID as if it's the worst thing ever, but then they blocked treatment for COVID. So it's like, all right, there's something funny here. And that's kind of the thing with energy. Oh my gosh, we're screwed. There's so many problems. Okay, let's blow up pipelines, both figuratively and literally possibly. Yeah. You know, let's, let's uh, uh, diminish all of the effective sources. 
And then I was like, okay, so this is not about even your conception of clean. This is about the end result. You actually do not want anything that's effective. And isn't it true that nuclear is kind of that control group for this hypothesis? Well, yeah. I mean, if you were really, really genuinely worried about emissions uh, from coal plants and gas plants, then you would be for nuclear power uh, because there are no emissions. Um, but of course, you know, the Greens are not for nuclear power, and, and nuclear power has been declining across the, across the globe uh, for decades now. I think we're at a four-decade low of nuclear power, and, um, you know, it's, 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 really, it's really remarkable. That, that is the ultimate test, I think, of, you know, the hypocrisy of the Greens. Nuclear power is safe. Um, you know, it, it is affordable. Uh, you know, I'm a fossil fuel guy, uh, but, you know, nuclear power is, is fine, I guess. Um, but, but the, you know, it's, it's, it's good baseload power, which you need baseload power. But the Greens don't want it. Nope. Nope. They don't want it because it works. <laughs> if it, it's the same yeah. thing with COVID. Anything that actually worked, they didn't want it. Yeah. Um, if it didn't but work, I, I they'd be say, fine with it. I got to say, just to go back to what we're talking about with the, with the clean, you know, this, a lot of Republicans have this idea, a lot of people that there's some clean, clean, green future out there. We have a clean, green present. Um, you know, thinking, imagining that there's some, you know, a unicorn out there that can produce all the energy uh, without any inputs or any effort or at, at no cost is just, it's just fantasy. That's not reality. Uh, but yet Republicans talk about this, you know, this clean, green energy future, you know, like we can just order technology and it's going to be there. You know, people have confused the Manhattan Project and the moon landing with what's possible for technology. Uh, the, physics and science, the, the physics were well understood for the Manhattan Project, uh, same with the moon landing. You know, they were relatively affordable. The time scale was limited, which is a lot different than what uh, this whole green movement is about, trying to replace our <clears throat> extensive fossil fuel, um, you know, infrastructure with the stuff that doesn't work. <laughs> stuff that doesn't work. And I'm curious what your comments are about Bill Gates recently said that he felt solar and wind, and wind just don't cut it. And I was scared. Is that a trap? I was a little bit surprised how he dumped on solar and wind. and said, ah, I don't think that's going to work for us. Yeah, look, I, I think uh, just... <laughs> As an aside, you know, Bill Gates peaked out at, at Microsoft. I don't think he has any special – he doesn't. Have, he has no ex- expertise in energy or climate. You know, I mean, he, he believes the climate propaganda. So you have to take everything he says with a grain of salt. Uh, certainly, you know, the environmentalists love him when he says that fossil fuels are bad. <clears throat> uh, they're they're going to hate him when he says that wind and solar don't work. Um, you know, if okay, so if wind and solar don't work, what is going to work? Uh, I guess, you know, uh, he's got some investments in nuclear. He'd like to see modular reactors, uh, which, you know, I mean, it, it, it could, who, who knows? It could work, but you have to let the industry develop, which, of course, environmentalists won't allow to happen. All right. Final question. As we head into this winter that will be cold, um, despite the global warming, suddenly we're going to have global cooling again. And they're going to say, aha, now we have a crisis. It's too cold. Where do you see things headed in Europe and in the U.S.? Well, so, I, you know, I don't know whether the winter is going to be, uh, you know, warm or cold. I mean, it's going to be winter. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, 
so, but, but, you know, we're in a position now where the world has to hope for global warming because if it's, if it's cold in Europe, uh, the ongoing energy crisis is going to be a humanitarian disaster. Um, you know, I, I just, Europe is already rationing electricity. Electricity prices are, <clears throat> energy prices are already through the roof. Um, if, if it gets really, and we're only in the fall, uh, if it gets worse, uh, it's just, it's just going to be a disaster. And, you know, I, I, some of the groups that I work with, we recently wrote a letter to, you know, uh, Republican leadership in Congress saying, look, you got to look at what's going on in Europe. I mean, this is where climate idiocy has put Europe. They've got higher energy prices. They're going to have to ration electricity. They have not improved the climate at all. <coughs> um, and why do we want to do that in the U.S.? Well, that's my question for you. I'm, I'm sure glad we live on this side of the pond. And you're saying that there will be a humanitarian crisis if it's cold enough, there's big enough demand. And we're certainly seeing that. What about in the U.S.? We kind of think maybe we're a layer shielded from that. But I don't know. I mean, you know this better than anyone. Coal used to account for about half of our electricity. It's down to like 20%. And while natural gas has taken off, but it's been stifled, the pipelines have not, and other infrastructure around it has not been accelerated enough, especially in the Northeast. Um, where do you see our situation in terms of cost or maybe even availability? Well, uh, you know, we are really threatened by the government we have now. We have a, uh, you know... One-party government that has has embraced the climate agenda. Uh, Joe Biden has, you know, uh, wrecked U.S. oil production. Uh, when when Trump left office, uh, we were large and in charge of energy across the world. We had crushed the price of oil <clears throat> so much so that at the beginning of COVID, it went negative. Um, yep. Now that's a little too much, but <laughs> you know, we were in charge of of global energy prices. Uh, enter Joe Biden, um, you know, who has been scaring, you know, decreasing U.S. oil production through intimidation and regulation. And, um, you know, so where are we now? Well, we have to beg Saudi Arabia and Venezuela for oil. Uh, you know, that is just courting disaster. Um, you know, we Congress just passed this $370 billion, you know, bill to for more windmills and solar panels. I mean, that just puts us on the path to Europe. All this green technology makes yes. us reliant on communist China. I mean, this is just yes. this is a disaster in the making. And all of the above is just going to help their fake transition. And that's why I, I rigorously oppose these Republican governors that are just bragging about putting that infrastructure in Texas, Oklahoma. Um, this is dangerous. This is, this is the way to agree to COVID. <laughs> but I'm not going to do what California did. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 No, all of the above is uh, bad language. Uh, it's a bad idea. People don't really understand what, you know, it was just sort of a, <laughs> a throwaway PR line <laughs> during the, developed during the Obama administration to sort of avoid, you know, climate idiocy. Uh, but, it, but Republicans have sort of internalized it, and it's really bad. Uh, what works are fossil fuels, uh, coal, oil, and gas. They're clean. Uh, a modern um, no, nothing comes nothing comes out of a coal, modern coal plant that hurts anybody. Nothing comes out of a tailpipe anywhere um, that hurts anybody. These things are clean and green. They have small footprints. They're affordable. They work. There's nothing better. Um, you know. And you know, are are they warming the climate? Well, who? There's been so little warming, we can't even really tell. 
We certainly can't. Right, and I think early, we've learned we from talked... COVID any yeah. epidemiological models. Um, and this is kind of similar in that respect. It's so complex and they were wrong on everything. They're wrong on this. Don't agree to the premise. Steve, thanks so much for your presentation today. Um, I'm sure you will be back. This is going to be a big issue. And we are out of time, folks. Till tomorrow. God bless you all. And thank you for listening.